Welcome to the Temple Baptist Church podcast, coming to you from Swan River, Manitoba, Canada. This week, we join Regional Minister Randy Jaspers, who will speak on Acts 15 with this message from June 23rd, titled, Why Churches Need Each Other. I believe this is the first time that he has uh, been in our congregation, and he began his uh, ministry as regional minister back in November, end of October of 2017. Is that correct? Correct. So welcome here, and blessings. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Neil. Good morning. So a little bit uh, about us. Uh, Iowa farm boy met um, kind of near Chicago, Illinois girl. Uh, in Arkansas, way back in the 70s at a Christian university, um, uh, we married and moved to Sioux Falls for a time for education, uh, then moved, uh, were called to a church in North Dakota in Linton uh, in 1983, began serving there for seven years, then moved to the community of Jamestown, where we currently live, um, and uh, served that church for 27 years first 12 years of that time was also serving a church, a rural church in Medina, and then the last 15 were exclusively at Jamestown. God has granted to us uh, five children over the years, uh, four in their 30s and one in her 20s. Um, Our kids, our oldest son lives in Minneapolis, our second boy lives in Arkansas, uh, northwest Arkansas, specifically Springdale, uh, where he and his wife have our three grandkids. And uh, we can talk to you about that and show you pictures if you'd like to see those later. Uh, then we have a son who lives in Minneapolis. Uh, his name is Ryan. Uh, our daughter, Lisa, lives in Fargo. She's a, a labor and delivery nurse there. And then our youngest, uh, God gave us, we thought it was four and no more, and God said four and one more. So about 10 years later, we had Karen, and she's just um, completed uh, year four in the occupational therapy program at the University of North Dakota as a year, year to go, and she'll be completing that. So I've come to, to be with you. Uh, Pastor Neil mentioned that a little over a year and a half ago, I was called to, to be uh, the regional minister for our region. And I want to show you just a little bit about what that means. Um, so here are the, the, all these little blue um, thingamabobs are churches. Okay? I don't know. Can you, maybe you can scroll in so yeah, that's where I come from, and this is where we are. And what this, what this is are 50, a little over 50 churches in the North Central Association and the Manitoba Baptist Association. 28 here, 18 here. A couple of them are inactive, one uh, in Manitoba, one in, in North Dakota. We live right here, midway on Jamestown, midway between Fargo and Bismarck. Um, 28 churches here. There are five churches along the northern slice of South Dakota, one in extreme southeast Montana. Here's where you folks are. You're that middle little blue dot, okay? Um, So you are important, at least on this map. And uh, with that, no, you're more important than that. That came out wrong. So I have been noted for sticking my foot in my mouth. And so I've just done it this morning again, and at least the first time. So um, uh, we've been visiting our churches in Manitoba the last week, and I regret that I have only one stomach to give for the work of the ministry, and so I will not be able to join you for the potluck meal, the barbecue, which I've been thinking about is, would the Lord call me differently? But we need to 
uh, be at Minnetonas afterwards because we found out after we uh, made our arrangements with you that they're doing a farewell recognition for Pastor Stephen and Marianne Black as he's retiring. And so we're going to meet with you, those of you who want to meet afterwards to kind of connect, but unfortunately we won't be able to eat with you. And uh, so then we'll take off to be uh, with the Minnetonas group. Um, next week we'll be in uh, Turtle Lake, which is, I don't know, on here probably that dot, okay? Um, but that's where we're at. And uh, we, our, my primary responsibility is to work with leadership, primarily pastoral leadership and then church leadership to help encourage and, and uh, work with them towards health uh, for the individual leaders, for congregations. And so it can look like a number of things, including working with search committees, um, including working with pastors, including training at times, um, could be some mentorship or some coaching, uh, different items like that. So that's, that's uh, part of my, uh, my job description. Um, and next slide shows the webpage for our North American Baptist Conference. We prayed for Ta- uh, Tanya and Paul Garricky um, in Romania. But if you would look at this conference website, it's nabconference.org. You will find more about the conference. And just a couple of pieces that I invite you to, to become a part of is the Onward magazine comes out quarterly. There should be a new one coming out very, very soon. This one has to do with the rhythm of rest, silence, solitude, and Sabbath. Um, But you can get this online or you could get a hard copy. Uh, You can be on an an ongoing weekly uh, email that informs you of things that are happening in the conference. Another item that I use and uh, uh, print off and put in my Bible is the intercessor. And so uh, for June 23rd, uh, today we're praying for peace and protection for the men and women serving in the military. Uh, Tomorrow it's praying for the spouses of ministry leaders in your church. And so this is an item that you can get online, download, uh, be a part of that. But become a part, uh, more informed as to what's happening throughout our churches in North America and around the world. The last item is the... Um, is the Northern Plains region, our website, which is the Manitoba Baptist and North Central Association associations are together, the Northern Plains region. And you can find all kind of information on here. This is an article that relates to an item that happened two weeks ago in Moosehorn. And I understand there were a few youth, any of them here that were down there for that concert? They're not going to raise their hand uh, or not going to let us know who they were. But they went with Pastor Lowell and a couple of Minnetonas youth and they were down there. Uh, Brad was there from Oka River and some of their group, the White Ridge um, uh, worship team was a part of this outreach. But all of that to say, read about this. This is Anna Riddle. This is uh, Pastor Brent and Abby Riddle's uh, daughter from Moosehorn and, and kind of her passion. And as you go there, you can find out more information. Also, if you go there and look at the news and updates section and you click on that, uh, go a couple of times back and you'll find uh, a picture of our family and those grandkids I was talking to you about. So um, if you want to see that, you can go there. I want to thank you for your support and involvement with not just your congregation, but the congregations around with the Manitoba Baptist Association, your support, your prayer support for us, your financial support, and your involvement. Um, Greetings from our executive director, Dr. Dan Hamill. 
uh, of the NAB conference who is on sabbatical, and we are hoping, because this is really hard for him, to kind of push stop on his life for a time and practice um, what this article talks about. So pray for Dan, uh, his wife Rhonda, but especially for Dan as he renews during these summer months and, uh, uh, of June, July, and August. So thank you for your involvement. A little brief um, update on what's happening. Please talk to me um, if you'd like to visit a little bit. I'd like for us to, to open our Bibles, if you have one, to the book of Acts, chapter 15. And I want to, uh, in that, we're going to get into that in just a moment, but I want to share the message from there today. So, so uh, I just gave you the answer. When, when learning about the early church, what is the one book that provides the best snapshot of that, of the church? It is the book of Acts, exactly. In the middle of Acts is an account of a decision made that not only profoundly impacted the, uh, the church at that time, but that decision continues to impact the church today. Acts 15 deals with a question, specifically the question, what to do with these Gentiles who are responding in repentance and faith to Jesus. Should these new Gentile followers of Jesus be required to keep the law of Moses, like previous Gentile proselytes to Judaism. The question has been simmering ever since Simon Peter shared with Cornelius and Caesarea, but this is no isolated case of a Gentile proselyte following Jesus. Gentiles and mass are responding to Jesus. Gentiles who have not been instructed in the law and who are not even being encouraged to do so. So the question for our text and the context of our passage comes to a head following Paul and Barnabas's first missionary journey. They've returned to the Syrian city of Antioch, which had sent them out, which is both multicultural and multi-ethnic mix of Jesus followers. Some Jewish leaders of Jesus take it upon themselves to correct what is, in their view, a failure on the part of church leadership to address an important issue. So I'm going to read Acts 15 for context, um, and I'm going to read it from the uh, ESV. But while you're listening or while you're following along while you're reading... Notice not just the particular decision, because I'm not going to focus on that so much, but the broader context. In other words, kind of zoom back a little bit. The context of who the church is and how it operates. Because I believe it's informative about why individual churches need each other. So I'm going to run through this very quickly, and then we're going to dive into the text for some observations. Acts 15, verse 1, but some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. After Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas 
and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. Verse 3, so being sent on their way by the church, they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the brothers. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they declared all that God had done with them. But some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, it is necessary to circumcise them and in order for them to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider this matter. And after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, brothers, you know that in the early days, God made a choice among you that by my mouth, the Gentiles should preach or excuse me, should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Now that's, that's a really important uh, item that, that Peter talks about. We're not going to dwell in that, but I would say that when it comes to understanding uh, the, the, some of the main parts of the text, that, those words of Peter are important. Now therefore... Why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples, the followers of Jesus? Disciple means a learner, literally, uh, that neither our fathers nor we have been able to hear or to bear. But we believe that we will be saved through grace, through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. And all the assembly fell silent. And they listened to Barnabas and Paul as they related what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. After they finished speaking, James replied, brothers, listen to me. Simeon, in other words, Peter, has related how God first visited the Gentiles to take for them, from them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. After this, I will return and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it. That the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord. And that all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from of old. Therefore, my judgment, Peter con- or James continues, is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God, but rather should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from what has been strangled, and from blood. For, um, for from ancient generations, Moses has had in every city those who proclaim him, for he has read every Sabbath in the synagogues. Verse 22. Then it seemed good to the apostles... And the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas called Barsabas and Silas leading men among the brothers with the following letter. The brothers, both the apostles and the elders to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. Greetings. Since we've heard that some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with words unsettling your minds, although we gave them no instructions, it has seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by word word of mouth. 
For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. So when they were sent off, they went down to Antioch and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. And when they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. And Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words. And after they had spent some time, they were sent off in peace by the brothers and those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now, Barnabas wanted to take with them John, also called Mark, but Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose such a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through the Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Lord God, continue to open our hearts as we worship you, but also as we hear from you through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. This chapter is a pivot, um, not just between the first and second missionary journeys of Paul, But more importantly, how the church defines and understands itself in the interaction of the various churches throughout Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and what is expanding to the uttermost parts of the earth. Specifically, and this is what I want to land on for just very briefly, what are the things that we learn why churches need each other? Churches need each other, firstly, for leadership. Verse 2 states that the church of Antioch, and this isn't going to come up on the screen, so you're going to have to listen, okay? Leadership. Verse 2 states that the church of Antioch uh, sends Paul and Barnabas and others appointed by the church to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders to consider the question. Now, you know, to go up to Jerusalem actually was, if we think of a map, it was going down because Antioch was north of Jerusalem. But to get there, you had to go up in elevation. And so that's why you always go up to Jerusalem. So we read that the apostles and elders gather. There, there is much debate. Then Simon Peter uh, shares what happened with Cornelius and the affirmation of the leadership. That was eight plus years earlier for context. Peter asks, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear, but we believe that we will be saved the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. The assembly we read is silent listening as Barnabas and Paul relate what God has done through them among the Gentiles. And then James stands. James is the Lord's brother, James. Okay? He's a respected leader in the Jerusalem church. This is not one of the apostles, uh, James, but James, the Lord's brother. And he quotes from Amos chapter 9. He proposes the solution of a letter with instructions, and the assembly agrees together. 
Leadership is not just something we have within individual churches, but is necessary among the churches, especially when questions or issues are being considered. So within the churches, the little blue teardrops that we saw up on the screen, uh, uh, I have a handful of churches in both the MBA and NCA who are really in need right now of some outside leadership because of the challenges they are facing. Some are long-standing challenges. So I am one resource, but so are our association, not just the executive, but in our NAB international office, but also our individual churches, our pastors, our leaders. Bottom line, we need others. Other churches need us to help provide leadership. But what does that imply? Leadership implies relationship, doesn't it? That's not in there, but I could have put that in there, which implies interacting and intentionally spending time together. So why do churches need each other? We need it for leadership. Another item, I think, from our text is that we need it because of teaching or for specifically teaching and instruction. Note that James ultimately appeals to Amos chapter 9, specifically that the rebuilding of David's tent and the remnant of mankind seeking the Lord, in other words, Yahweh, includes the Gentiles who are called by my name. The letter is sent regarding this decision by the leaders gathered in Jerusalem is for what? Instruction. Now, keep in mind, the New Testament as we know it does not exist yet at this point. There were very possible some documents of the sayings of Jesus. Certainly there were circulated, and this was an oral culture. In other words, they would have remembered things and quoted them. But as far as in printed form, there might have been some of the sayings of Jesus. But the Gospels that we know of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were, to the best of our understanding, not yet in the form that we have them in our, in our Bibles. The only two letters that we think probably existed before the Council of Jerusalem in Acts 15 are the book of Galatians, which probably Paul had just composed and sent to that region shortly before that time, so it wasn't widely disseminated, and the book of James, written by James. And that likely would not have also been widely available. So teaching and instruction is what Paul and others would do throughout his missionary journeys. And as we read Acts and we read the letters of Paul and, and even Peter for that matter, um, there are names that come up that we know were people who were instructing and teaching others, sometimes in a one-on-one, -on -one, in a small group basis, and sometimes in a broader basis. People like Priscilla and her husband Aquila. People like Apollos and Timothy and Epaphroditus and others. In this particular case, they would have had the actual letter to read to the churches, along with the authorization of others with Paul as to its authenticity. Churches need each other for teaching and instruction. Now, we already do this in a number of ways. For example, when we gather for meetings and retreats and camps and ordination councils. But a word of caution for us 
is that sometimes we can become enamored with a particular author or pastor or teacher, and we can really, you know, and I'm not saying those aren't good, good sources because they are, but we also, we always must come back to the word of God. And so that becomes our authority and not a particular individual or organization, or even for that matter, theological bent, but that we continue to come back to the word of God. Uh, within NAB, for instance, we have kind of a, what's been called a, a, a big umbrella, our NAB statement of beliefs. And as we work within that, we may have our more uh, particular beliefs within that, but always, always come back to the word of God. What does the book, which is the word Bible, mean and, and say specifically? So teaching and instruction implies something that I haven't put down here, but it implies listening, doesn't it? It implies placing our lives under the authority of scripture and listening to it, listening to it together. Churches need each other for number three in your outline, encouragement or your listening guide, encouragement and fellowship. As the delegation from Antioch travels to Jerusalem, they stop at various places to stay with the, the brothers. In other words, the brothers and sisters in Christ, other churches. They respond with the joy at the conversion of the Gentiles. Verse 4 tells us of the welcome the group receives from the church generally and the apostles and elders specifically when they arrive in Jerusalem. Verses 31 and 32 indicate the encouragement that the letter brings to those in Antioch, along with that of Judas and Silas, when the delegation returns. Encouragement and fellowship, as well as teaching and instruction, motivate Paul and Barnabas for a return visit to the churches formed on their first missionary journey. And yes, there's a dispute between Paul and Barnabas re that results in their going two separate directions, but the goal is always to build up, to encourage, as it were. Verse 41 mentions that Paul and Silas' traveling through Syria and Cilicia is for the purpose of what? They are strengthening the churches. Now, I realize you're going to have a great fellowship meal later, and I've already expressed my regret at not being able to participate in that, um, with you in that. Fellowship isn't just about food. Now, that's maybe something that we have to, 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 to hear. But you know what? I'm going to be the last one to say that we shouldn't have it, okay? There's something about food and drink together when we gather that... that, that Somehow through that, when we take the time to be together, that it, it enhances and encourages conversation, doesn't it? And uh, it's a part of that when we get together. Churches need each other for encouragement and fellowship. And I know you've gotten together with the Little Woody congregation and with Minnetonis. Two weeks ago, you had Pastor Vlad here to share as Pastor Neil was at Minnetonis and Pastor Stephen was at Little Woody Baptist. Excellent opportunities of exchange and, and interaction. Keep doing these things. I already mentioned four of, a, a few youth from here and Pastor Lowell and a few youth from Minnetonis and the Oka River at 
and White Ridge being a part of the celebration that was in Moosehorn um, at the Intake Youth Fest. Uh, those are excellent, um, excellent opportunities for encouragement and fellowship. Churches need each other for resourcing and support. The churches supported Paul financially. You can read Philippians, for example, one of the Macedonian churches that Paul references in his letter to, the, to Corinth and Rome, in his letters to Corinth and Rome. Resourcing, though, also includes people. And from my perspective, and as I understand Scripture, the greatest resource are you. People are the greatest resource. Resourcing, uh, and, and we, as we read through the letters of the New Testament, we read of people like Epaphroditus and, and Aristarchus and others. They supported the work Paul did. So when you're reading those letters, often they're at the beginning or at the end. If you're in Philippians, uh, Timothy and Epaphroditus are mentioned at the end of chapter 2. But look for those names those assistants. These aren't just people along for the ride, but Paul labels them as fellow laborers in the gospel. Romans 16 has a whole list of, uh, uh, of women and men who were an assistance to him in the gospel. Now, financial support was also part of what Paul did in collecting relief funds for those experiencing famine and destitution resulting from, uh, from it and also persecution back in Jerusalem and Judea. Paul's second trip to Jerusalem, for example, before he is a missionary, includes bringing relief runs from Antioch. Acts 11:29 indicates that. Galatians 2, for example, is likely a reference to another of Paul's collections for, or excuse me, is a reference to this trip. But 1 Corinthians 16 and 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 and Romans 15 and Acts 24 reference another of Paul's collections for need. What am I saying? We are called to resource others through the people and the funds God has entrusted us. We give generously for the Lord's work as we receive generously from the Lord, and that includes for practical needs. Churches need each other for accountability. When the Jerusalem Council sends its letter with Paul and Barnabas to Antioch, they appoint two others to accompany them, in part to give credence to the letter's authenticity, Judas Barsabbas and Silas. Now, people went with Paul not just to be resources for him and others, but also to provide accountability. It's Barnabas and Paul. It's Barnabas and Mark. It's Paul and Silas on the missionary journey, along with others accompanying these men. The others listed often represent the various churches giving funds, monetary uh, funds, in part so that there can be no charge of misuse or misallocation. Churches need each other for accountability 
so that we do not go off on some theological or moral or ministry rabbit trail that brings disrepute to the gospel, which leads to one final reason we sometimes forget. Churches need each other for mission. What is our mission? What is TBC's mission? I know that Pastor Neil has been uh, uh, inviting you to be a part of a journey to to really delve into that more deeply um, lately over the past several weeks and months. Uh, What is it to join God who is a God of mission on mission? Not not just to support missionaries cross-culturally like Paul and Tanya, but also in Swan River, in, in the valley, in maybe outside of this area. What is God and how is he calling you to join him in his good work? In the passage, in our, specifically in our passage, three places this jumps out at, at least at me, that we, verse 36, proclaim the word of the Lord to all who will listen so that, verse 7, that people hear the words of the gospel and believe. Verse 19, turning to God. The mission of this church is sharpened and magnified when done in conjunction with other churches. We do this somewhat within our association of churches as well as partner churches of the North American Baptist Conference, but hear my heart. It begins to beat faster when individual churches begin to talk about mission in a given area or region with other churches, not just their church, but other churches. And what is that that we could begin to do together that we cannot do just on our own? New ministries, even new churches coming from a shared vision and a commitment and a resourcing together. Increasingly, our churches, especially our rural churches, must think and push ahead in this way. What are the gifts God's provided our church that we could help another or several? What gifts has God given them that could speak into and help us? What can we do together for his glory and his kingdom that we cannot do by ourselves? I find that when we begin to interact and move in those ways, there is not just a chemistry of togetherness, but there is a synergy of ideas and and courage even as we listen to the Lord together, as we together begin to notice the work of mission to which he is calling us to join him as individuals, as Churches as churches together. And that leads to a rejoicing in his work. Mentioned several places in our text here at Acts 15. Now I could have talked about a lot of other things from Acts 15. I already mentioned things like listening and and relationships. Uh, I could have talked about the need for submission and a reliance on the Holy Spirit's direction. But for now, I ask that you do something. You don't have to do it right now. But but a little bit later, if you would rank from one to five, with one being low and five being high, on each individual area, leadership and teaching and instruction and encouragement and fellowship and 
resources and support, accountability, mission. So those are six different areas. If you'd rate from one to five how TBC is interacting with other MBA churches in, our, in these areas. Maybe you'd like to limit it to how TBC is working together with Little Woody and Minotonis in that area. Read through Acts 15 again and ask yourselves, what is your part in enhancing those relationships for the sake of the gospel? That people come to faith in Jesus Christ. Begin conversations within with your, with your family, your, your groups, your, your leaders. Let's not wait for a crisis like we have in Acts 15 before we realize that one of God's gifts to us is our brothers and sisters in Christ of other churches. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks for your word to us. An account of, of, of a difficult theological question that needed to be addressed. But Lord God, within that, there is presupposed a relationship of churches together, of, of gathering for leadership and, and uh, encouragement and support and instruction and accountability, and ultimately for the point of joining you, Lord God, in the mission where you're already engaged and to which you call us to join you. Father, thank you for your good work here at um, Temple Baptist. And Lord God, for the work that you are continuing to invite them, you are inviting us within the congregation, the congregation, but also with other congregations. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope we were able to provide wisdom and insight in your faith journey. If you would like to connect with us, you are welcome to join our service every Sunday morning at 1030. For more information, you can find us at facebook.com slash TBC Swan River. And if you would like to find more episodes of our podcast, go to anchor.fm slash Temple Baptist Church or search on your favorite podcast app.